Hello, this is Saul Gonzalez, lead pastor of Lifehouse Church, and welcome to our podcast. Thank you so very much for joining us today. I believe that through this message, God will encourage you, challenge you, and better yet, change you for the glory of God and for the purposes God has called you. Enjoy this message. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord one more time. Let's give him a clap offering. Hallelujah. 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 You may be seated. You may be seated. And welcome to Lifehouse Coachella Valley. Welcome Delano Wasco uh, Lifehouse. God bless you here in Bakersfield. Those of you that are in person and those of you that are online, we welcome you this morning to God's house. And uh, I want to thank God for what he's doing in our lives and this church. Uh, we just sense spiritual momentum. The fact that you're here today is that God has a plan, a purpose, a word for you. I am confident of that in Jesus' name. Some of us are, are needing a breakthrough. Uh, we're needing maybe more than just a casual Sunday morning sermon. You need direction. You need enlargement. You need a vision for your life. You need a, to come back to what's the purpose of God for your life for such a time as this. Some of us need a next level uh, encounter with God. I want to invite you Wednesday for a next level encounter with God. It's our first Wednesday service. I believe it's going to be powerful. And I'd like to invite you. I'd like to challenge you. to. I, I know that you have a lot of things to do on, on Wednesday night at 7. Okay, so that's, what I'm, that's my point. I'd like for you to dedicate an hour. Just come. And then you have nothing to lose. How many say amen? Uh, I'd like for you to come Wednesday and just test God. Just, just I want you to, as a pastor, I'm, I'm challenging you. I'm asking you. And you, uh, I believe that you're going to come and you're going to say, wow, I did not expect God to minister, to speak to you, or to give you a personal breakthrough in such a way as this. Also, at the end of today's service, we're going to be receiving a special offering uh, for Ukraine. We have a convoy of hope. It's a, an, it's a missionary arm, uh, um, a first aid arm of the Assemblies of God, the church that we belong to. And we're going to channel whatever offerings come in for the folks that are going to need the basic necessities, uh, water, food, shelter. And Convoy of Hope is recognized worldwide uh, as one of the greatest missionary arms to first uh, help uh, for first aid and just, just uh, some of those needs that, um, that the people of Ukraine are needing. As you know, the, anyone who's aware of the news, there's a, you know, war has broken out in that uh, part of the world, in that geographic, uh, geopolitical world. And so let's pray for the Ukrainian people. Let's pray for the Russian people. Let's pray for God to intervene. Uh, and uh, the Bible says that in the last days, there are going to be wars and rumors of wars and wars. And I do believe that we are living in the last days. And I don't think anyone should take their salvation for granted or lightly. I don't think any believer should just not, should be very sp spiritually uninformed or unconnected and to take things lightly. I believe that every spirit, every leader, um, every believer should double down and, and, and get serious about your walk with God and, and embrace the opportunity to join life groups today um, and uh, just to be part of a church that is active, moving, growing. You need, I need to be that person. And I want to encourage you at the end of this message, there's going to be an opportunity for you to give. Thank all of you for all of your faithfulness already. For those that believe in the principle of giving, regardless, you don't give to a church, you give through the church, you give to God. 
And I want to just encourage you. Uh, do you know I want to talk about in pursuit of not happiness but purpose? And, and I'd like to, like most of us, the enemy is so good at head faking us um, that we think that the end of life is happiness. The end of all life, the purpose is, is my happiness. I've been in conversations with, with couples that says, Pastor, I deserve to be happy. I'll say that again. I deserve to be happy, and this relationship makes me miserable, and I'm willing, I'm going to quit, or I'm going to, you know, look for a way to disengage, to disconnect, uh, but they, they, the premise already is altogether wrong. You were not created for your own enjoyment, for your own happiness. Uh, I think that contentment and fulfillment is part of a greater purpose, that when you pursue purpose, when you pursue God's plan, when you pursue the blueprint of why you're here, why God made you the way he made you, when you accept yourself for how God made you, your personality, your traits, your gifts, uh, your passions, um, those felt needs you have right now, everybody right now in your stage and phase and age in life has a need. That is different than when we were a kid or when you were a teenager. If you're younger or midlife or, or you're older in life, those needs change. Relationships shift. Marriages shift naturally. Uh, they start with a lot of passion and maybe physical attraction. And hopefully they, they, they transition into friendships, into lifelong uh, respect and a loving relationships where hopefully if God gives you and engenders children, uh, that part of that children becomes part of that, that couple's goal or part of that couple's um, assignment is that we're living now in this stage and phase because God has called us to marshal. God has called us to steward these kids. Um, and, and, and in a loving home, hopefully respectful, where, where there's respect, there's uh, love, they're, they're, uh, our kids are led to Christ. They come to a church uh, over there right now. We have children's church so that those of us here are the adults would become better adults, better parents, uh, better in your assignment. But the, the faux pas, the mistake, the illusion is that God created you for your own happiness or for you to be happy. That might be an extension. That might be a result or a fruit of living for God. But that is not the purpose why you were created for your own selfish happiness. Uh, I'd like for you to remember this premise Uh, that pursuing happiness will always lead to a heart-wrenching disappointment. When you pursue happiness selfishly, will always lead to disappointment, heart-wrenching, brokenness. Uh, but pursuing God's purpose will always lead to a life of fruitfulness and fulfillment. I want to say that again, because in essence, that's the heart of this message. That pursuing God's purpose for your life, His design, His blueprint, His different stages and phases... Uh, his purpose unfolds uh, as you grow, as you mature, as you uh, live, as you get older. It shifts. Um, and what I used to be is a youth pastor, and I never thought that I was going to be a pastor because at that time, that was my passion. But when, pursue, when you pursue God's purpose, you will all, it will always, that pursuit will always lead to a life of fruitfulness. Fruitfulness, um, Jesus says in John chapter 16, verse 15, Uh, chapter 15, verse 16, that you did not call me. Jesus says, I called you so that you would lead a life of fruitfulness, so that you would be fruitful. So the reason why God called you, the reason God planted you, the reason you are uh, 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 person in personification, a tree, is so that, you are, so that you would be fruitful and that you would be bringing about fulfillment, fulfillment through being fruitful uh, and, and that you would be fulfilled. Fulfillment is the sense of contentment, spiritual realization, spiritual actualization of uh, that you are feeling that you're walking within the, uh, the, the guideline. You're walking in, uh, uh, in your lane, in your spiritual authority and in your lane. So I want to thank uh, 
Sister Kayla did a great job last week. How many say amen? Let's give it up for Sister Kayla. She's a part of our Coachella Valley team. And so I want to just appreciate her message and her participation and her contribution. We are together on a journey called To Be Project. Just, just to kind of give you context, to be. Because at the end of the day, that's what God has called us to be. Not to wonder or to think or to hope, but to be what God has called us to be. Uh, it is a journey of faith uh, and through faith. It is a journey of faithfulness. God is calling you to faithfulness. It is a journey of fruitfulness that I was alluding to. For you to bear fruit as you are journeying in this journey of faith, faithfulness, fruitfulness, and fulfillment by believing. Everything starts by believing. And then our next, our next three sermons are going to be talking about belonging, belonging. And then the last three sermons are going to be about becoming before Easter. So believing uh, precedes uh, belonging, a sense of belonging, and then a sense of becoming what God has called you uh, to become. So in essence, the question is to believe or not to believe. To believe or not to believe. Here's some quick principles I want you to embrace. He who overcomes the world. Like, pastor, I need to become an overcomer. He who like, makes his marriage overcome. The person is going to be a winner, triumphant, victorious, an overcomer, uh, but uh, is the person who believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. This is fundamental. I, I want to anchor everyone uh, that he who overcomes the world, uh, but he is but the person who believes that, that Jesus uh, is the Son of God. How many says, say amen? <coughs> Jesus says, whoever believes in me, believes in me, as the Scripture says, from within him will flow rivers of living water. In other words, there's going to be an activity in your spirit as you believe in Jesus Christ, as the scripture says, there's going to be an effervescence. Uh, there's going to be like joy and, and dynamic uh, feelings. It's not, he's not talking about biological life. He's talking about the life that he is, Jesus Christ's life, that you will flow in your heart. Something will be flowing like rivers of living water. Jesus says in John 12, 14, 12, truly, truly, I say that whosoever believes in me, we're talking about belief, the works that I do, like the works this, I want you to just wrap your mind around this. The works that I do, you shall also do. Uh, and even greater, uh, he will do because I go to the Father, uh, again, believing. One more uh, belief. For scripture says that whosoever believes in him, Jesus Christ, uh, shall not be put to shame. Whoever believes in Jesus Christ. And if you have faith in Christ Jesus as the Son of the living God, you've accepted him as your Savior, your Lord, your Master, and you walk in keeping to that, to, to this, his calling, you will never, ever be put to shame. And so Paul says that believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and your household shall be saved. So how many say amen? So, so believing is central. Believing is central. Before we, we move on, I want to this. So the question is now to belong or not to belong. This is, this is a little Shakespearean here, but, and it's supposed to be a question mark instead of a, an exclamation mark, but maybe both works. To belong or not to belong. So to believe or not to believe, and I believe most of you are here and those of you online because you have made the decision to believe. But I, I guarantee you that a lot of people don't feel like you belong. You don't feel like you belong on this earth. You feel like, man, I, I don't know what am I doing here. I don't sense a sense of purpose or of, of, of feeling like totally integrated. I feel like I'm confused, Pastor. I'm, I'm, I'm a wanderer. I'm a wanderer and I'm wondering, what am I doing here? My, my relationships are not working. My, a sense of purpose has not manifested or crystallized. 
And I, I want you to, through this message, I pray that the Holy Spirit would convict you and bring you a sense like, like you are not an accident. You are not a mistake. You are God's intended purpose for a time such as this, that there is a next level uh, in your life, that there is a calling, there's a purpose, that God has given you grace, favor, strength, acknowledge, wisdom, that God has put you in the contents of a church family, or that so those of us that are relationships, you have a marriage, that that marriage, you can still make it work, you can make it better. That those kids have a destiny and a purpose. That they're on, they're, they are on loan. Those children and those grandchildren. God knew what he was doing when he gave them to you. Because there's a purpose. Because there's a plan. Because when it's all said and done, you have to have a sense of belonging. Most of you, some of you are, are familiar with Abraham Maslow's theory um, of needs. Of human needs. I want to just borrow a little bit. Because I think it will help explain uh, some of our basic needs as humans. So the, the very basic one begins with, with the essence that you and I need. Uh, it, it starts with physiological needs, your physical needs. You need air, you need to breathe, you need food, you need to feel like, like water, warmth, and rest. There, like nothing else can happen as long as there's this immediate need that, hey, I'm hungry, I need food, I need, I need rest, uh, I need a shelter. Number two is it goes from the basic needs or your physical, physiological needs to the need for safety, the need for security, safety, and what I call shelter, shelter. Like, like, like that'll be like these other needs for actualization won't happen until you like, like set a foundation. And, and I believe, especially through the word of God, I believe that God put all of those needs, the need to count, the need to all of us have value, the need for self-worth, uh, self-esteem, all of that. But, but in that premise, it starts with first your very, very basic needs. And then once those are fulfilled, then it comes your, your, your physiological needs for safety, shelter, um, and uh, security. To, to feel so. But here comes the very middle one, the, 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 the need to belong, the need for healthy relationships, the need to feel loved, the need to love others, the need to live in community, relationships, relationships, relationships. That nothing really begins to coalesce. Nothing begins to make sense. Nothing until you begin to see the need to engender healthy relationships, to maintain healthy relationships, to shift, to, to change, to evolve from being selfish like kids grow up, teenagers grow up. The reason there's tension at home is because the teenager's just thinking about himself or herself. But what happens when you come into a community, you become a parent, all of a sudden you can't be thinking about yourself, dad or mom. All of a sudden the needs of others become much more important, that community uh, of belonging. So that when you go to your home, you feel like you belong. When you come to church, you feel like, man, this is where God has called me. We belong. Uh, we're not a perfect church. Uh, this is not a perfect pastor. Um, but, but you have a sense that God has called you here because this is your church and you belong. Now watch this because I want you just real quickly. Uh, belongingness and, and love the, for affection, for intimate relationships and friendships. And then uh, the next level of human needs is the psychological, the spiritual need. For self-esteem, self-worth, self-regard, where you embrace your, who God has made you, uh, who you are, your qualities, your gifts, your areas of weaknesses, and then you begin to develop that relationship with God and your esteem, your worth from God, who you are, your identity comes from God. How many say amen? And once you find your, you discover that, you embrace that, you're comfortable, uh, then becomes your assignment, like actualization, realization. You, you reach this level of, man, you sense this effervescence. You sense that God is using you. You sense that you're plugged in. 
that God is using you to help others as you are actualized, you are actualizing others. The greatest form of actualization or realization is when you help others find their mission. When you bless others, when you give others, when you serve others, man, I don't know of a greater high than to, to be able to understand that for this purpose, God brought you to this earth, to this world, so that you can be an instrument, a conduit, a living vessel for the, for the living God to bless, encourage, uh, uh, um, and, uh, bless, encourage, and serve others in Jesus' name. How many say amen? <clears throat> so, so in terms of belonging, know that the Lord is God. Psalm 100, verse 3. Know that the Lord is God. If you want to belong, you first have to acknowledge that God is God. And then he made you and not ourselves. We did not make ourselves. And that we are his. That's what the song, that we are his. Um, that we are his people. And then he uses the metaphor, we are his sheep. So he's the shepherd. He is God. He is Lord. He made us. We did not make ourselves. We are his. We are his people. And we are sheep of his pasture. Somos ovejas de su prado. Romans 14 brings further elucidation or clarification. So Paul says, if you live, you live for God. If you want your life to have purpose, meaning if you want to be solid, if you want to be an evolving, growing uh, parent, a husband, wife, leader, church person, then you need to, to just be settled that if you live, it's all about God. You live for God. If you, are, if you die, even your death is for God. And so whether you live or whether you die, we belong to the Lord. How many say amen? So that kind of settles it. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's not about this turn. It's not about making money. It's not about being wealthy. It's about living for God. If you live for God, you're going to die in God's purpose, pleasure, and, and position. And if you die in God, it doesn't matter because whether you live or whether you die, we belong to the Lord. It's settled. It's not about you. It's not even about this or that or the job or the business or, the, uh, or whatever you're trying to do in this life. This is just an offshoot. This is just an extension of belonging to God. How many say amen? Um, I want you to just, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says, Do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit? And that's awesome. Watch this. This is so sacred. Your life, not only your spirit. Not only your needs that are physiological, psychological, spiritual, uh, emotional needs, spiritual needs. Not only is that encompassing your calling, but, but God says that your body belongs to him. That your body is temple of the Holy Spirit. And, and the Holy Spirit lives in you. So if you are a believer, what are you doing basically messing or, 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 or abusing your body? Uh, you don't have a right. It's not yours. Your body belongs. You shouldn't be drinking anything that's going to intoxicate your body. You shouldn't be doing any drugs, smoking, uh, toking, whatever. I don't even know what they do today and day. But whatever it is, inhaling. Uh, uh, I know some of you don't inhale. But if you did, uh, thank you. Uh, but if you did, all you're doing is you're bringing this altered state to your body. It is not necessary. When you have peace, when you have a relationship with God, you don't need any externals. To bring about what only God can give you. His peace. I don't need any artificial stuff. I don't need to go somewhere. I don't need to ingest to imbibe something. that To bring me some kind of high. I'm already high. I already know who is my redeemer. Who's my savior. I know what I'm doing. I know where I'm walking. I know whose I belong. I know whose I am. I know that my redeemer liveth. I know who I am. Everything else is just a stimulant. An artificial fake, head fake. You do not need that if you're a believer of God. You walk in righteousness. You walk in confidence. You walk sanely. You walk soberly. 
Be sober, be sober, be sober. Be vigilant. And the, 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 basically this verse says that your body belongs to the Holy Spirit, is not yours. Your, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit uh, who is in you. The Holy Spirit is in you, whom you have received from God. You are not your own. Not even this body is yours. Not even this body. Hey, I do with my life. This is my life. I do whatever I want. Says the selfish, ignorant fool. The fool says the, that there is no God. The fool. You. I just, I just felt so good to say fool because I haven't said fool in a long time. So you are not your own. You were bought at a price. And therefore, honor God with your body. Treat it well. How many say amen? All right. I just, I just looking around, some here, people here, just a lot of people need to honor God with your bodies. So here's three little important truths. Here are three important truths as we go. To, hey, by the way, if you have your outlines, uh, please take out your outlines because Because that's what we want. We want you to grow. We want you to write this outline in a Bible study later on. Reflect it. Please. Uh, we're almost going to get to point one. This is just the antithesis. This is the setup to the setup for point one. That, that I'd like to just remind everybody what everybody already knows intrinsically. Everybody already gives this mental ascension. Mental ascension means that, that God created everything. How many say amen? So, so how many just, you have to just, that's the premise. God, everything you see from the farthest, farthest constellation. I, I read just last night or the night before that there was like 300 million, 300 million uh, universes in this, that, that they've calculated, constellations. Um, uh, 300 million, it boggles the mind. Uh, so God is the creator of everything. How many say amen? Secondly, God is the giver of every good and perfect gift. Every gift, every blessing you have, every skill set, your intelligence, your emotional intelligence, uh, what God has put around you, what God has put in you, uh, it comes from God. If it's good and if it's a, it's a perfect gift from God, uh, that, that comes from God, um, and the Bible says that every good and perfect, perfect gift comes from the Father, uh, uh, which is in heaven, the Father of lights, the Father of lights, which is in heaven, in whom there is no shadow, there is no variance, there is no shifting, Uh, that God, his gifts and his calling are irrevocable. Uh, that what God has given you by way of calling and his gifts is without repentance. You might abuse it. You might totally misuse it. Those gifts, that personality. Uh, but it's on you. But God is not going to give you uh, and then take it away. God says, I'm going to give you a calling, a purpose, a blessing, a gift. Every good and perfect gift comes from your Father which is in heaven. The Father of lights uh, in whom there is no shadow. There's no movement. There's no head fakes with God. He's not trying to play a cosmic game with anybody. They're your gifts. And you will carry the blessing or the burden of a gift that is used properly or the burden of a gift that's been abused uh, for your own per personal selfish gain. How many say amen? So it takes me to point number one. Just write it down. God owns everything. That's our first point is that God owns everything. God owns everything. So I want to just, uh, Psalm 24 just kind of puts the, a spiritual and a text to this principle is that the Lord, the, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness, everything that is on this earth. Uh, Hosea says that the, that the cattle on a thousand hills are, are mine, says the Lord. The thousand uh, prophet says that all the gold and the silver is mine, says the Lord. All the gold and the silver, uh, everything you've got, everything that you think is yours, all the gold and the silver. See, the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. 
the whole world and those, all of us that dwell uh, in, on this earth uh, or dwell therein belongs to God. How many say amen? It's the fundamental picture. It's the fundamental, uh, it's the fundamental principle that, that he is uh, the owner and that you and I are stewards because everything belongs to God. Um, uh, so you don't, uh, don't live like you own your life. Uh, don't live selfishly. Don't live egotistically. Don't live through the prisms uh, of, of, of a field or of a movement where everything you do, you're trying to build some kind of empire on this earth, you foolish person. It's a fool's errand. It's futile. It's, it's, it's a temporary endeavor. So don't live your life in a vacuum, in isolation. Uh, uh, look for the power of godly relationships. Look for the power of healthy relationships, healthy marital relationships. There's power when you go and you have peace in your home. Look for the power of being purpose-driven. Look for the power of knowing your identity. Look for the power of just being comfortable with your gifts. You can't be somebody else. Don't try to be somebody else. Don't try to imitate anybody else. Be comfortable within your own skin. Uh, wives should not be expecting your husband to be something that he's not. Uh, every husband should not be expecting his wife to be something that she's not. But all of us can grow into being more like Christ. But all of us can mature. All of us can evolve. All of us can have a higher aspiration, a higher expectation of ourselves through Christ. Through Christ. As Christ is our model. How many say amen? There are a lot of many, many men who put so much pressure on their wives. Many wives who put, their pre who put a lot of undue pressure, unnecessary. Uh, your husband will never be what you want him to be, but he was meant to be what God created him to be. So you can be an encourager. You can be on God's side. You can become a co-creator, a co-encourager. You can see your husband the way God sees him. You can see your wife, mister, the way God sees her. As, as the apple of his eye, as God's daughter, if you begin to affirm her and build her and be patient, uh, just watch what God can do in our relationships. Uh, thank you, sister back there. Everybody else is either shocked or guilty, uh, charged. Guilty is charged. So, so don't live your life catering to the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. If you cater to this flesh, you're in trouble. You'll never, ever, ever embrace everything that God has for you. You'll always be dragged around by the, by the, by the lower uh, levels of this flesh. You'll reap corruption. God cannot be mocked. For everything that a man sows, that's, he will also reap. That's what he will also reap. Um, there's a, a verse that we brought nothing into this world, and we will take nothing out of it. Just think about that. You came naked into this world, Job says, and naked I shall leave. That's like, man, you can't get more basic, more, more fundamental. Naked and naked you leave. You got nothing. You will take nothing. Is like that one lady, uh, the husband was so selfish, so like, like uh, materialized. And, and he like over and over, he was not a believer, but his wife was. And he says, you're a Christian, so I need you to keep this promise. I want to take everything that I have with me. I want to... I want to monetize it. I want it in coins. I want it in gold and silver. Or no, I want it. I want to monetize it, he says. And, but I want to go, when, when I die, I go, I believe in the afterlife, but not the way you do. I want everything in my, in my, um, uh, in my casket. So the lady, finally, he made her promise. He promised. 
there's the, the funeral service. She brings a heavy box and just puts it in the, right before they close uh, the, the casket. And her best friend is saying, I can't believe, I can't believe. I said, I made a promise and I told him I'd give him all the money, all the money, all he's worth. I told him I'd put it in his casket and that's what I've done. She goes, I can't believe it. She goes, well, I collected all his monies. I, I deposited them in the bank and I wrote him a check. I put a few rocks in this box. I wrote him a check and I put the check in the casket and my promise is fulfilled. Praise God. The check is in literally in the casket, but she put it in the bank. Praise God under her name. Uh, she was being used of God. Uh, thank you. I'm just trying to say it's foolish. It's foolish. It's foolish because we brought nothing into this world. So who are you working for? What are you trying to do? What are you trying to accomplish? And I believe in stewardship. I do. I believe that God wants us to prosper. Uh, I believe that God wants us to flow his blessings to, to the church and to others. God wants you and expects you to be a good manager, a good steward for his glory. But it has at the end of the day, everything belongs to God. How many say amen? The second premise is that God is in control. Amen. Let's give the Lord a, a clap offering. Everything, everything, your very next breath belongs to God. The second thing is that God is in control, not you. God is in control, not you. I'm going to run because I, I want you to go with me. to a, 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 We have a, a, a quick video that I want to show you up there. If you guys can help me set that up real quickly. Um, so in number two is that God is in control, not you. There's a story that Jesus teaches. It's in your, in your, in your outline. Luke chapter 12. There's a brother that came and says, Jesus, make my other brother uh, give me the inheritance or, or share the inheritance of my dad. There was a dispute. And Jesus says, I'm not, I've not come to judge disputes here on this earth that are menial. Jesus says, he says, be careful with, the, with, uh, with avarice in your heart. Be careful that you don't lust after things in your heart. Uh, avaricia, uh, avarice, avarice, that, that you don't lust after things. And then he told him the parable of this man that, that, that had that wealth, great wealth. And he had so much that he had to do new vats, new barns, and he had to create and, and make new ones and stored everything. And then when he finally realizes, he says, okay, he says to my soul, to myself, eat, uh, drink, and be married. And just now, now, just for the rest of your life, enjoy everything that you've accumulated. And he says that same night, Jesus saying, a voice came from heaven. He's saying, you fool. Today is the word where I get to use you fool a lot. <laughs> he says, you fool. Tonight, your soul is going to be asked of you. And then who will, who will keep? Who will, uh, who will have? Who will receive everything you've worked for? For what will it profit a man if he wins the whole world and loses his soul? If he loses himself, he says, you fool. A voice came from heaven. Because everything you think is yours is not. My point is that God is in control and not you. That when you become his steward, when you become his vessel, when you become his agent, when you understand that everything belongs to him, you belong to him, everything God has put in your purview and in the sphere of your influence belongs to him, and that God is in control, not you. Uh, us being in control is an illusion. It's an illusion. Um, and so that's the story. Let me just move forward here. And number three, I want you to go to number three. God will ask you to lay down, to give up, to surrender, to sacrifice what you love the most to find your purpose. I want you to just embrace because this is probably the, the, the heart of this message. At the end of the day, what is it that stands between you and God? Is there an idol? Some of you know the story of Rachel. She traveled with her father's idol hidden in her saddlebag. It's, it's a will travel, have idol, will travel. That was Rachel's motto. And then, thank you, have idol, we'll travel. And, and so what is it that is like 
idol. There's this size, hideable. Just, just nobody knows, but it's an idol. It could be something that you see, something that entertains you, something that becomes, becomes between you and God. It could be our pride. Most of the time it is a pride. Most of the time the idol that you carry with you, you see that person every day in the mirror, first thing. Uh, we are our worst idol. You are your worst impediment. You are the person standing between you and God, your ego, your pride, your vain, your vanity, your, your vain gloriness. Uh, we are. Now watch this. I want to I wanna just, uh, just uh, so, so Rachel traveled, and then she would ask God, why am I not pregnant? I want to say that again. She would ask God uh, and said, tell Jacob, she would say, hi, give me children because she was, she was uh, infertile. She was barren. And sometimes we wonder, why am I barren? Why is this relationship not working? Why the, my prayers, pastor, they're not answered from God. I almost, I almost want to assure you that there's something that between you and God, uh, that you are not willing to give something, someone up. Uh, you're not willing to go the extra measure to, to surrender to God uh, those things that are between you and him that are easily hidden in the, in, in the contours uh, and the granular parts of your heart, those crevices of your heart. Uh, so what is it? For Abraham, it was Isaac. The story of, of, of Isaac, um, let me just say, when you lay down uh, what you most love, what you most treasure, uh, we release, when we, when we do that, we release God uh, uh, to lead us to a life of purpose mountaintop miracles and breakthroughs. If you have that, that one caption, that one uh, clip of, of Moses, this is just, just of, of Abraham and Isaac, just the story of Abraham and Isaac, just it's maybe a two, three-minute clip. And I want you to see uh, Abraham. I want you to see his struggle, that whatever it is that you love the most is not easily given up, nor it should be. Um, I want you to see the reaction, uh, just, just the, 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 the implications of a Sarah uh, in this in this caption, and I'm sure you got it. Good, roll it.
Isaac, must trust in God. ask Abraham to give up Isaac physically even though Isaac even though Abraham sacrificed him by faith uh, the writer to the Hebrew says I want, I want to just clarify this it's interesting that God did what he asked Abraham to do God did give up his son what he most loved his only begotten son of God so he tells Abraham I want you to give me Isaac the one you love your, your first Isaac, the one you love. And I want to test the reins of your heart. Are you willing, are you willing to surrender, give up, sacrifice what you most love? For a lot of us men, it's time, maybe sports. Uh, just a lot of us struggle even to do a life group because maybe it's too much of a sacrifice. We're so used to our creature comforts. We're so indifferent, so spiritually apathetic. We're so anemic when it comes to our spiritual walk with God that, that we'll like on Wednesday, I hope and pray that most of you come on Wednesday. But maybe most of us will find a reason or an excuse why you why it's too much to come to God or to come to a service on Wednesday, even if you're missing out on something that God has already in store for you. And so, so there's a sacrifice. What is it that God is asking you to give up? I want to just say it. When you and I, when you and I lay down, we surrender what we most love or treasure. Maybe it's your time. Maybe it's your personal issues. Maybe it's a truck. Maybe it's a, something that is coming and interfering with you. A job, a business, a model, something. But when you do that, we release God to lead us to a life of purpose, of mountaintop miracles and breakthroughs. Um, so we have the story of, of Abraham here. And I want to just 
I'll finish with, um, I just want to finish here with our fourth one here. Number four, God will never ask you to do something that he hasn't done already. God will never ask you to do something that he hasn't modeled already. So you could see the agony, the agony of an, of an Abraham saying, I don't understand. Or what's, I don't understand. But something will happen when you and I intentionally listen to God's voice right now. Would you bow your heads with me? I just want to just you listen to God's voice. He's asking somebody here just to take go that extra step. Maybe you're someone who doesn't give. You don't. Maybe you've struggled to trust God with your finances, with tithing, with giving to missions. And, and then that's maybe because you love money. The Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil. Maybe you've hold, you're, holding, you're holding back from serving God because you've been hurt in the past and, and you don't want it. You're hurt still. Maybe and you're holding back instead of serving God completely. Um, and maybe you don't want to sacrifice. But God will never ask you to do something that he has not already done for you. Uh, Romans 8.32. This is such a powerful verse. So God, who did not spare his own son, he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for all of us. He gave his own son for all of us. How we will not also, along with him, with Jesus, graciously give us all things. Just as you bow your heads again, just with me. If God is calling you to a different level, if God is somebody here today and says, Pastor, I want to start by getting my life right with God. I want to have the certainty, the security, the assurance that I'm born again, that I'm saved. If that's you right now where you're sitting, would you just uh, raise your hand? Would you just lift up your hand? Just slip it up and say, Pastor, I want to make sure that my life is right with God. I see hands all over this place. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I want to be born again. I want to make sure that Jesus lives in my heart. He's asking to give me up, not to give my ego, my pride, my selfish desires, my pursuits. If I need to put myself on that altar, that's exactly what he asks us to do in Romans chapter 12. He says, I beg you, I beseech you, I implore you that you bring your life as a living uh, sacrifice, a holy one, acceptable. Bring your body, Paul says, and give it up. <laughs> give it up. Give it up to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You, can, you may just have your hands. And for those that are saying, Pastor, I'm ready to just obey God at the next level. I I know what he's asking me to do or I don't know but I want to go to the next level in my surrender to God if that's you would you just lift up your hand would you just slip it up and say I'm, I'm available whatever God is asking of me I want to say yes that's awesome that's awesome that's awesome that's so awesome that's so awesome would you stand with me just for a minute would you stand with me just for a moment for everyone who just you slipped up your hand you raised your hand everyone whether it's to be saved or to be committed to surrender and take your life, sacrifice that which God, you know, it's a thing, it's an object, it's an idol. Listen, it's a relationship um, that Abraham told uh, his servants because he went up there with servants. He told them, you stay here with the donkeys. I and the child will go up, we will worship, I and the child, me and this boy. He didn't even say me and little Isaac anymore. He didn't. He didn't say me and my son are going to go up. 
No. He says, me and this kid is the word he uses. The kid, the word for, for a lamb, for a sacrifice. Me and the kid. <laughs> we, will, we will go up this mountain. At the top of this mountain, we're going to worship. And then we shall return. Now, there is faith right there. The Bible says that by faith, Abraham sacrificed Isaac, believing that from the ashes, from the ashes, he would be raised again from the ashes. Um, very gently, would you repeat this prayer with me for everyone that you just lifted your hand and those of you that lifted your hand in your heart, would you say this prayer with me? Say, Lord Jesus, by the grace of God, for such a time as this, I'm available. I surrender my life my very best sacrifice to you. Accept me, my life. I receive you, your life, as my Savior. Make me an instrument. Thank you for your salvation, for your anointing, your empowerment to live a life of purpose for the glory of God for the glory of God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm going to invite you to lift up your hands with me. Would you do that just for a moment? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you so very much for joining us today on the Lifehouse Podcast. I pray and hope this message has encouraged, inspired, and challenged you to grow closer to God. If you would like to be a part of what God is doing here at Lifehouse, visit our website at lifehousechurch.com. That's lifehousechurch.com for more information or consider subscribing and share it with one of your friends and family. Thank you again for being part of our journey, your journey, that will lead you to know God better, grow together, and go serve and make a difference. Thank you again. God bless you. See you next time.